when the Bible talks about hope, it's, you know, it's after, you know, it's through perseverance, you know, that that hope comes. It's often through just the everyday things of pushing through even sometimes the hardest of circumstances. Like it's, you know, just when you think the door's not going to open, you know, you press through and, and it opens and it opens up something you never thought was imaginable. And so I think it really is that what we experience and what we're going through is is for the sharing. Welcome to the Experience Jesus Calling podcast. Today, we speak with Dove Award-winning singer-songwriter Christy Knuckles. Christy shares how God led her through different seasons of her life as a musician, and how she also spent a year walking through the Advent season to create her brand new Christmas record, The Thrill of Hope. My name is Christy Knuckles, and I'm a wife of Nathan Knuckles. I'm a mother of three amazing children, singer, songwriter, storyteller. I was raised in Oklahoma, and so we always joke that there wasn't much to do. I was the youngest of three children, so you either get in trouble, which a lot of my friends did, or you become a musician, and that was me. I spent many hours out in our garage, actually. I remember that was the place that had great acoustics to me, and we um, always had cats and dogs and cats and dogs that were having kittens and puppies, and so I was usually found outside, you know, singing, playing, you know, an accompaniment track on you know, some big boom box kind of thing. Um, while I'm out there playing with kittens, I'm practicing a song, you know, that I'm going to sing at church. My dad was a pastor my whole life and still is. I bet I sang at church maybe once every couple of months and starting from the age of seven. And he would, you know, kind of employ me to go find a song that speaks to your heart first. And he's like, I want you to find a song that speaks to you and something that you love. And then I want you to practice it. And then I want you to share it with our people. And so even thinking back on that, it wasn't ever about my voice. It was always about finding the right song that spoke to me first. You know, my dad still to this day, he loves the word of God and he prays the word of God. He speaks to us, you know, with, with scripture and just that in itself. He said that to me, you know, in his later years, you know, just still growing. And I think that really inspires me um, that even a pastor after all this time still loves the word of God and, and incorporates it into everything. So I think that really taught me at an early age to weave the word of God into my songs. And so there's just this love of melody and scripture You know, what started really our career, if you want to call it that, or just, um, you know, our our ministry days was me meeting my husband. Um, That was such a huge, pivotal moment of my life. And I do feel like God was training me up to that point. When I met Nathan, it was like he saved this whole other part of my musical life and, you know, many parts of my life for that time, you know, for us to to meet and to develop together as musicians and songwriters. And it's almost like, too, I just feel like this might sound cheesy, but just I feel like there's just a special anointing that he saved for when the two of us work together. 
we formed the group Watermark um, in 98, 99, signed with Rockettown Records. Um, of course, it was very grassroots the way that Rockettown even found out about us. Um, we first, before we made a Watermark record, made an independent record with our mutual friend, Charlie Hall. And we were called at that time, Sons and Daughters, and that we were just thinking, we're just going to make some songs for our church here in Oklahoma. Um, but little did we know that's back when, you know, people just made bootleg copies of things and like that CD was being passed around. We had no idea, but it got to this guy who we had never heard of named Louis Giglio. And we remember getting an email from him back when email was like first a thing and seeing his name. And we were like, who's Louis Giglio? And he says, Hey, I wanted to let you know that I got a hold of your record and I had to pull over on the side of the road because the songs you're singing are the prayers that my wife and I are praying for this movement called Passion. And we're having the first meeting in, it was 1997. It was going to be in Austin, Texas in um, that January of that year. And he said, will you come? And we were like, okay, I guess. Yeah. So we were a part of the very first Passion, which was 97. And Really, Louis was so influential in, you know, all these 20 years. It's going to be the 20th anniversary coming up this January. I remember people coming up to us and saying, you help me say to God what I really want to say to him, and I just didn't know how. And to us, you know, as songwriters, and, you know, we have obviously the best songwriter, which is David, the psalmist, you know, as this... Um, example that we've all drawn from. Um, But you realize, you know, not everyone even has that ability to just even say to God what their heart was longing to say, and they just didn't know how to say it. So I thought, wow, what an amazing thing to be able to be a part of helping people communicate with a living God. We toured and made about, I think, four or five records with Rockettown and loved that whole watermark season. Our kids were really tiny. At least we, we had two at the time when we were still with Rockettown. And, um, and you know, it, it, it was busy. I was a young mom. And several things kind of began to happen. The Lord was really working on my heart at the time. Of, I kind of fought motherhood a little bit in the very, very beginning. Um, you know, it rounds off your edges like nothing else can. And um, the Lord was really just teaching me in that moment to to be present and um, teaching me to see the glorious in the everyday things of life, in the mundane moments, and that those are just as glorious uh, as being on a stage somewhere. And so the Lord was really getting at my heart with... Um, wanting to prioritize my family in a real practical way. And so in 2005, we recorded our last um, album with with Rockettown and really just asked to be released after that, after we had fulfilled our record deal. You know how God prepares you in every season of your life for the next season. And I feel like that's what was happening. He was like setting us up during that time for a new season. And for me... I had no idea, you know, if I'd ever 
really have a platform again. So it was really scary. I remember that first Christmas, I just cried to my parents and like, what have I done? You know, will I ever get to, you know, sing again and make a record again? And, but really it was just this time of the Lord kind of re refocusing my heart and my priorities. And, and then we had, we, we had Annie Rose. We had our third during that time as well. She was born in 2007. And so really special. And then we hear that six steps or, well, we, I kind of was, you know, still friends with Louie and Shelley, obviously all during that time. And we hear that they're going to start a church in Atlanta called Passion City Church. And at that time in our lives, we were kind of just, because there was not much on the table, we were, we were willing to go and we were like, Hey, let's go be a part of that. Let's go help plant this church in Atlanta, Georgia. And so in 2008, that summer, we just, we, we up and moved and went to Alpharetta, Georgia. And (laughs) we're a part of the first beginnings of what's now a really great established church. And, um, so it's neat, you know, and you never, you, you have no idea what God's doing when he's asking you to clear some things and making you available for other things. And so that's just, that was a, a such a sweet season of our lives. We spent seven years in Atlanta, um, helping just plant that church. So we're able to say we were one of the founding families for that church. And then, you know, that season came to an end and here we are <laughs> back in Franklin, Tennessee. And, you know, it's just, it's amazing looking back on it all, how he connects it all. As chapters of Christie's life closed and opened, the desire to share stories through music never went away. She discusses how she was moved to create a project centered around the greatest story of all, Christ's birth, resurrection, and promise of His return. Nathan and I just looked around and we were like, you know what? If there's ever a season for us to do some things that have been in our heart for a really long time, it's now. Um, We're not getting any younger, and we've wanted to make you know, there's a probably a list of um, three or four records that I've wanted to do for a really long time. And the first one was making a Christmas record. I think the timing of it was actually really beautiful. And even as we've looked back on this last month or so with the release of it, even just where we're at with the climate of like our world and in our nation, um, to have a record release called The Thrill of Hope was like really good timing. And so when we think on those things, it's just, it just gives me chills, like just to think about how God, just the timing of it all. And I'm just so thankful. So last year, you know, January, really, I guess the beginning of this year, really January of this year, I, you know, we put all the Christmas decorations away, but I kept all of my kind of Christmas studies and my Advent books out. And I kind of started over. I started with the lineage of Jesus again in January. And just really, it's been like a year of Christmas for for me of really studying um, Jesus and his birth and the incarnation and, and what it looks like to look at Christmas from the spirit of Advent, which I learned a lot about. And Advent is looking at Yes, the incarnation, but it's also looking at Christmas from the point of he is coming again, he's going to return. And so the very first thing you hear is this prelude that 
I wrote as we were driving in the car as a family, um, we were actually in Orlando um, the week that the shootings happened, and we were there vacationing, which was just so crazy, you know, looking back, but also in the moment, we were just like, I knew it wasn't a coincidence. It was like, I knew we were there for a reason, even though I was like, really? I mean, we're like trying to go to, you know, amusement parks and you're just literally like, you don't feel, yeah, you don't feel like doing anything. You're heartbroken. And of course, three different tragedies happened that week in Orlando. And I was just the whole time so heavy hearted. The next week that we got home, we were going to be recording these songs. And so as I was walking around, that's actually where the, the title, The Thrill of Hope, came to me as I was just walking around and, and feeling the heaviness of the climate that we're living in right now. And all, of course, the election leading up and all those things were like heated. And I just started singing this prelude. It was the king is coming. Open up your eyes to see it. Open up your ears to hear it. The king is coming. Open up your mind. Believe it. Open up your heart. Receive him. And kind of that concept of like, make room in your heart. Make space. Be still and know. All those things. It was just this like, I wanted people's like the pace to be slowed as they listened to this record. And I wanted them to make room in their heart. is the cover art and there's a song called Amaryllis on the record and that one has a sweet story um my sister-in-law a couple of years ago for my birthday my birthday's in late November and so I just had it and she gave me this potted Amaryllis and it was actually during that time that we knew we were going to be moving to from Atlanta back to Nashville and we knew and it was just this time that that season was coming to an end and it was really hard and there was some loss there and of course just knowing that I was going to be leaving the record label and all those things it was just a really really hard season and she gave me this amaryllis and she gave me this this letter called amaryllis prayers that she had written and it was beautiful and it was all about how an amaryllis flower blooms in the bleak of winter and it's like the poinsettia, it's known as a Christmas flower. And she talked about how she wrote this beautiful poetic thing. And I basically made her a songwriter on the record because um, she, I pulled direct lines like straight from her letter, which was so meaningful to me. And she talked about how, you know, not waiting for the warmth of spring, but blooming in the winter. Talk about a winter the world had never known And talk about a silence that hardened up the soil No more life left in Eden But you knew the time would come Really what happened was the whole first verse I'm looking at Jesus as that amaryllis Like he came in the bleak of a winter that the world had never known more as, as in, um, you know, the imagery of that in a silence that 
we were sitting in 400 years of silence and he came and broke through. And one of the lines says, just when we thought we'd never see spring, heaven gave a king and talks about how he pushed through and with the brilliance of summer right in the middle of winter, he came surprising the night like a Christmas amaryllis. Like an We forget, you know, the power of our stories and how even in the hardest of times, how God shows up in those things and that there's beauty in um, those hard places. And um, and even in the darkest of times, you know, like the amaryllis, you know, it, it you you push through that soil and the hardness and the when you think you can't, you, you push through because he did it first. You know, Jesus, his life, he pushed through first and he went the distance for us. I think just really helping people through your own struggle and your own story is, is the beauty of it. Christy draws much of her inspiration for writing and sharing stories through the scriptures. She also looks toward other books to find inspiration, including Jesus Calling. I had a few friends that um, owned one, and I just bought it for myself. I'm always looking for ways to be inspired through songwriting, and so it caused me to, you know, buy one for myself just to have around and to to look at here and there because I love being able to take Scripture and, um, yeah, make it weave into my everyday life. Lead yourself in worship all day long. Um, start it in the morning. If you have five minutes before you wake up, have your Bible right next to your bed or just pick up Jesus Calling, whatever it is, like, you know, have, start the conversation and then continue the conversation all day long. And just often when I'm driving in my car, I say, Jesus, I've got 30 minutes. I invite you into this moment right now. And I pray that you'll speak to me. And Jesus, here's what's on my mind right now. This is the heaviest thing on my heart right now. I just give you that right now. And I'll just talk to him. And even my kids, they'll look at me funny, but like I talk to him out loud, you know, and your life becomes the quiet time. It When you're able to like, just say, Jesus, this whole day is a conversation and I'm inviting you in. To find out more about Christy's new Christmas record, The Thrill of Hope, please visit ChristyKnuckles.com. Also, be sure to check out her podcast, The Glorious in the Mundane. Next time on the Experience Jesus Calling podcast, we speak with twin brothers David and Jason Benham and what it means to them to live out their faith through actions that help and serve others. They also discuss their new book, Living Among the Lions. Today's featured passage comes from the November 13th entry of the Jesus Calling audiobook. I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The one who walks beside you, holding you by your hand, is the same one who lives within you. This is a deep, unfathomable mystery. You and I are intertwined in an intimacy involving every fiber of your being. The light of my presence shines within you as well as upon you. I am in you and you are in me. 
Therefore, nothing in heaven or on earth can separate you from me. As you sit quietly in my presence, your awareness of my life within you is heightened. This produces the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. I, the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in me, so that you may bubble over with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hear more great stories about the impact Jesus Calling is having all over the world. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Calling podcast on iTunes. We value your reviews and comments so we can reach even more people with the message of Jesus Calling. And if you have your own story to share, we'd love to hear from you. Visit JesusCalling.com to share your story today.